From the Salvation Army, you're listening to Wonderful Words of Life. Welcome back to Wonderful Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. And I'm Cheryl Gillum. And we're glad that you're with us. Well, we're in our third week of our new series on finance. And today, our friend Mike Harris shares with us, I think, one of the greatest enemies of our peace when it comes to our finances, the comparison trap. Mm. How much do we measure our success by comparing it with others? Mm, Trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's the dumbest thing. I don't understand why we do that. I don't either. The comparison game is a difficult one because it often makes you want to go buy things you don't need to buy because someone else has that, or uh, you just feel like you can't live without it because someone has it. Uh, You're not going to believe this, Cheryl, but the Bible has something to say about this very thing. What's that, Bernie? I'm glad that you asked. In (laughs) Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, it says, each one should test their own actions then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Mm, That's such a good word. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now, I don't want to take the Bible out of context ever, but at the end of this day, when I read that scripture, it's pretty clear, don't worry about everyone else. That's right. And Paul tells us also just to be content. Yeah. Content whether you have or whether you don't have. Amen. Be content because it's not about material things. You can't take those things with you I into agree. heaven. I agree Right? So the comparison trap will always leave us wanting more. It's really the opposite of contentment. And if we go back to last week, it's impossible to have a heart of gratitude if we're never content. Mike and I discussed something during our conversation that really stuck with me. And one of the first comparison traps we can get stuck in is with our parents, especially when we're young. Just starting out on our own, we we may compare where we are financially at 25 with where they are in their 40s, not seeing everything it took for them to get there. As an example, I've got young adults in my life who are trying to buy a house and they want the house to be like the one mm. their parents are in now, but they're just getting started in life. Right. It's okay to have something smaller. They didn't go through the, the lean times with their parents. They're perhaps in a different phase in their life and their parents have been able to invest and reinvest right, or you know right. upgrade as the family got bigger. Right. It's those things. We don't need to compare ourselves with other people. Right. We have to have a starting point, right? And Amen. that's another reason for parents out there, it's so important to talk to your kids about finances. I read a survey recently from the Financial Capability Network that said fewer than a half of parents surveyed said that they felt well prepared for money conversations with their kids. I mean, that's mind-boggling, Absolutely. And the other thing is, when you start having a family, are you ever fully financially ready to have a child? No, never. I I mean, it's a a terrible thing to say, but I think you almost just have to get in and get to it, you know, and, and trust God to to provide, and he will. He and to does. Gi- and to give you wisdom to, to manage and steward what he's already given you. Amen. You know, and when we uh, use those principles, the truth is, is that he'll take care of us. We'll That's have enough. Absolutely. Well, we hope you're enjoying this series. We'll have a link to this survey on Facebook and Twitter. So be sure to follow the Salvation Army Soundcast or visit us at SalvationArmySoundcast.org.
Well, welcome back. It, it's exciting for me to have a friend and someone that I, I think the world of in Major Mike Harris as our mm -hmm. guest uh, for this series, specifically talking about financial things and helping us understand what it means to be stewards. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about what it means to trust in the Lord and really to just have a peace about our finances. And um, I think that peace, as we learned last week, is the enemy of stress. That was a great quote. Uh, I don't know who to actually give credit to that quote for, but we're going to give Mike all of the credit for the things that are said here, unless we're reading scripture. Is that okay with you, Mike? Oh, you're very kind. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, good. <laughs> Probably more than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer was uh, talking about one of the things that um, we we can get in a bad habit of or in a bad practice of is the comparison trap, uh, comparing what we have to uh, others or maybe trying to start where our parents left off only to realize that, you know, that house we enjoyed growing up took our parents 30 plus years to uh, afford or take care of. Uh, how do you feel about that kind of idea, the, the comparison trap? It's tough, isn't it? Because uh, I think a lot of mentalities, mindsets, we, so much of, of what's about us is formed in those early years of life. Mm. So the model of what a family is and what a family has surely comes from, you know, the home that we grew up in. So I, I get it. I mean, I really do. And perhaps, you know, in my life, it would have been easy to, to have followed the same track until I was called to officership when yeah. suddenly you're... It was cast in this different world. My, my mm. parents are not Salvation Army officers, so cast in the, into this different world where the comparison was just taken away from me. So, mm. so perhaps I, I have a, an objective standpoint there because it's it's simply not a world I'm in. Mm. So I can certainly see, therefore, the the dangers of that, or the or the, the the temptation to to look that way. Now I know that our listeners who maybe are seeing this in video form or have seen pictures of us on social media will find this hard to believe. But Mike and I represent the late 60s, early 70s, uh, as far as our childbirth. Uh, we were born several years ago. We're, uh, <laughs> my boss always likes to tell me that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my sixth decade of living, which Eesh. is hard to consider. But I say Thanks that because that. Yeah. back in those days, in the 70s, you, know, you, you had uh, two-parent homes, uh, primarily one parent working and one raising the children. It, it's a completely different society that we live in today. Most uh, parents or guardians are working uh, one job, if not multiple jobs, uh, to try to stay ahead. And a, a lot of it is has become because we are people of excess. Mm. How does that hit you, Mike? It's, it, and again, a lot, now a lot of this can come down to sort of personal philosophy and of mm. course as best i want to as i can with everything i do in life i try to sort of contain it to what what scripture guides me upon so i think about the, the home i had growing up you know you just described it very well actually you know my my dad worked hard he worked for the salvation army assurance society back in the day oh wow uh and and then later uh, a group called the wesleyan in general he sold insurance is what he did mm. uh whereas mum stayed home certainly through our uh, early uh, years and, and so that was the model I saw. My parents didn't have a lot of money. Uh, Christmas was about the only time we would see any level of excess. And then it was all relative, mm. I think, to what, to what our life had given otherwise. Uh, and what I like about that model is, is, is I do think it has a biblical standard. I, I do like the idea of, of mum being home and nurturing the children and raising us. Uh, whereas you fast forward now to the world that you describe, which is the world that we live in. And, mm. and, and in many ways, the way that we're you know, raising our families 
where you've got both people working in the house and some of the child rearing is being farmed out a little bit and mm. children go to daycare in the mornings. Uh, obviously, obviously, the school system is, is a lot more hands-on than it used to be. Uh, babysitters will come into the equation. So I think we've, we've kind of given up some very important roles because of the desire to pursue what we feel is what we deserve. Mm. Uh, I think, too, when we get into the idea of comparing ourselves or what we have to what others have, uh, it can lead to stress. Um, so help me understand, if I'm to be at peace, is it okay to just um, be comfortable with what I can afford? Yeah, living within your means is huge. Mm. That's stewardship. Okay. Stewardship is not charging everything on the credit card. Yeah. Uh, stewardship is not getting into deep debt, which is, which is what that temptation will ultimately lead to, you know, getting more than we can afford. Uh, yeah, I think, I think contentment is recognizing what we have is what God has given to us yeah. and that he will give us the ability to live within those means. Yeah. We have a mutual friend uh, and now a retired officer and a man named uh, Colonel Mark Bell, mm -hmm. who always reminded us that you could never outgive God. And I many times saw at that point Major Mark Bell empty his pockets of whatever he might have had monetarily to help someone in need, or even just uh, take a, a break in his day to feed someone who had been asking for help. Uh, he would give all that he could, knowing full well that God would continue to provide for him. And um, I would often compare myself, my own faith in that practice. But in this way, and I always like to use this passage from Hebrews thirteen seven: Remember your leaders, particularly the ones who spoke the word of the Lord to you. Mm -hmm. Consider the outcome of their way of life and to imitate their faith. And Mark, to me, was a wonderful person. He showed me how to give joyfully. Uh, he, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but he would give reluctantly in a sense. Mm. I'm not sure his wife always agreed with him emptying <laughs> his pockets of their finances, but I'm grateful for that type of leadership. I think that as Christian people, uh, if we are stewardly, if we are taking care of our finances, if we have a peace in God and trust him to provide that sometimes we can, we should practice that sort of generosity. And then it takes the focus on what we have to maybe what others don't have. Yeah, it's interesting, Bernie, you, you talk about you know, Colonel Bell, uh, because I observed that he was my divisional commander for two years. Mm. Uh, and he practiced that both personally, but also with his role as steward of, of Salvation Army resources. Mm. Uh, as, as a financial secretary, the guy that's charged with watching the finances, uh, he's almost a financial secretary's nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> because he was right. so generous with the money. Mm. But I was the recipient of such a gift. In fact, this pertains to something we've been talking about uh, off air, if you will, mm. because uh, I remember vividly as I'm trying to create or find some way of putting together a music program in Fredericksburg, Virginia, how at the end of a meeting, having prayed at the mercy seat with a young man who had just graduated from college, the prayer being, what am I going to do with my music degree? Mm. And I prayed with this young man. I get away, the meeting finishes, the same meeting, the meeting finishes, we're milling around, it's a family camp in Virginia. We're milling around and Major Bill, as he was then, now, now of course Colonel Bill, called me over and he said to me, 
I want to give you, pointing to me, $30,000 to hire him, pointing to David Merzyowski. Mm. Bernie, that $30,000 was, was, was a God-given gift. Amen. That has affected hundreds and ultimately be thousands of children, hundreds of children in that community, and persuaded many of them to Christ. Mm. Now, that was God just putting it on his heart in that moment. But I saw the other end of that. He released that money, even though I know full well you could say they couldn't afford to do so. Yeah. But praise God he did. Amen. Because of what it became, and it goes back to what I talked about earlier, which is I believe if we're, on, if we're missional in the Salvation Army and bother about souls, then God will make sense of it all and provide. Amen. We've seen that time and time again. Mike, I'm encouraged by your sharing with us. And I pray that our listeners have something that they've found that they can hide in their hearts as strength for their journey. Come back next week and hear more of what Mike has to share with us. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we would love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia, 30359. When you contact us, we'll send you our gift for this series. It's totally free for listeners like you, one per household, while supplies last. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store and be sure to give us a rating. Just search for Wonderful Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for the Salvation Army's Wonderful Words of Life.